Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Son and wife. For the first time in a decade, D.C.'s Housing Authority plans to take applications for public housing. I'm Megan Cloherty. We got a conviction for a man accused of killing two people in Fairfax County. I'm Nick Ainelli. Games on Wall Street at the closing bell Thursday. The Dow was up 342. Good morning. It's 1 o'clock on WTOP. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Tom Foti in Washington. A heavily covered and long criminal trial in South Carolina has come to a quick conclusion. After a trial that lasted six weeks, it took the jury less than three hours to reach a verdict. Indictment for murder, verdict guilty. It found Alec Murdoch guilty on all four counts, including two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon in the commission of a violent crime. Murdoch denied killing his wife and son, law professor Lori Levinson. They had a motive for him, the opportunity, and the evidence that he was offering just didn't make sense. Murdoch faces a minimum of 30 years in prison and a maximum of life in prison without parole. Steve Futterman, CBS News. That winter storm that dumped all that snow in California and Oregon's moved to the southern center of the country, hitting Texas hard with rain, wind, hail, a threat of tornadoes, and a lot of power outages and flight cancellations. Next. Right now, we are looking at a threat for about 25 million people, and it extends from portions of Texas into portions of Arkansas and Louisiana. CBS forecast David Parkinson, as for California, it awaits more snow. In East Palestine, Ohio, officials of the Norfolk Southern Railroad met with angry and skeptical residents a month after that derailment that's raised serious safety questions about air and water. They promised to move more contaminated soil from beneath the tracks. We're ready to start tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. There is a theft ring now operating around Los Angeles, robbing victims at gunpoint, going on for about a year, and there is a reward to try to break the case. The armed robbers have targeted armored vehicles around L.A. County. These robberies occurred in broad daylight. They occurred when the drivers were going to ATMs and banks to receive money, and... The defendants in this case and other co-conspirators were heavily armed and pointed their weapons at the victims. And authorities estimate the Chesapeake bandits have stolen half a million dollars. Investigators fear someone could get hurt since the crimes are getting bolder. Brinks is also cooking in a reward of up to $25,000. KCAL TV's Chris Holmstrom. Overseas, it has been a long battle against a huge fire in Hong Kong. It's at a construction site in a very popular Hong Kong shopping district. It has forced some 170 people in nearby buildings to evacuate. Already facing numerous investigations, New York Congressman George Santos, who admits to lying about a lot of what he told voters, will now also be investigated by the House Ethics Committee. This is CBS News. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. 
The WTOP Charity of the Month is Make-A-Wish Mid-Atlantic. If a child you loved were fighting a critical illness, what would you give to make their wish come true? Now more than ever, local children need the hope a wish can bring, giving them joy when it matters most and helping them fight their illness. Make-A-Wish Mid-Atlantic needs your support to make wishes a reality for children in D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia. Donate today. For more info, visit WTOP.com. Search charities. WTOP at 103. Good Friday morning, 3rd of March, 2023. Welcome in. Partly to mostly cloudy this overnight early morning. Colder, low in the 30s and 40s by daybreak. We're at 50 degrees straight up in our nation's capital right now. We do indeed thank you for taking us along for your 1 a.m. hour rides. I'm Dean Lane. Topping the local stories we're looking at for you heading into this day together. We begin with a teenage boy reported dead, another in the hospital this morning after they were shot near Upper Marlboro in Maryland on Thursday night. Now, Prince George's police say in this case it happened around 840 in the evening on Parkstone Drive near Richmond Run. Officers found one of the male teens dead at the scene. The other teen was taken to the hospital now in stable condition this morning. Homicide detectives in the case are looking for a motive and suspects this Friday morning. They're asking anyone who has information to contact the Prince George's County Police Department as soon as possible. An area community is in shock this morning after its mayor is arrested. The mayor of College Park is being held without bond on child pornography charges. Only a couple of weeks elapsed between the time when the investigation began to when 47-year-old Patrick Wyon was arrested. He's behind bars on 56 charges related to the possession and distribution of child pornography. The image and videos have been uploaded to the social media account in January of 2023. Prince George's County Police Chief Malik Aziz. We believe there will be uh, additional charges in the future for what we're looking at. Court documents describe pictures and videos involving young boys in ugly graphic detail and say that Wyon admitted he did possess them during a search of his home on Tuesday. Wyon resigned from his position of mayor late Wednesday night shortly before his arrest. At Prince George's County Police Headquarters, John Dome in WTOP News. The College Park City Council held an emergency meeting last night following the arrest and resignation of Mayor Patrick Wyon. The council voted to remove Wyan from all committees and boards. City council member Denise Mitchell will also serve as the presiding officer until a new mayor is elected. Here's Mayor Pro Tem Denise Mitchell. While we continue to process everything that has happened today, city services and work cannot and will not stop. It is vital for our community and our residents to know the city services will continue to operate Uninterrupted. The City Board of Election Supervisors will meet later to discuss a special election. Wyon is expected in court for a hearing to determine if he'll remain in custody or will receive bond instead for a pretrial release. Stay tuned. I'm Scott Gelman. Here in College Park, the arrest of Mayor Patrick Wyon left some residents surprised. Drake Allen says he was totally shocked by the news. You know, I just passed a guy on the street and I said, you know, pointing to the camera over there is like, I don't know what they're here for, you know, and it's like, it's crazy. Michael Weaver has lived here for 20 years. He says a friend texted him about Wyon's arrest. I couldn't believe it, really, I tell you. <laughs> In a statement, the city says, quote, this is an ongoing and active investigation. The city will respect the process of this investigation and will cooperate fully with requests for information. Mayor Pro Tem Denise Mitchell will lead the city until a special election is held. Outside the City Hall building in College Park, Scott Gelman, WTOP News. Now, Wyon is married to an employee of Hubbard Radio, Washington, D.C., which owns WTOP. 
WTOP at 107. President Biden says if it reaches his desk, he will not stop a GOP-led bill that would prevent D.C. from putting in place a new a new criminal penalties, plural. The decision could mean D.C.'s hope to rewrite its criminal code won't happen. Forty-nine GOP senators now support the measure, and Republicans only need two Democrats to join them to get to majority. We're getting reaction to the news. D.C. Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton calling it a sad day for D.C. home rule and D.C. residents' right to self-governance. He was charged with killing two in Fairfax County. Now he's been convicted and will soon learn his prison sentence. I'm just hoping that the families can start to feel some closure. Fairfax County Commonwealth's attorney Steve Descano says it took a while, but now a jury has found Johannes Nesebu guilty of voluntary manslaughter in the shooting death of Hanok Johannes in 2016. Last year, Nesebu was convicted of shooting and killing Kidest Semena in the same incident. Prosecutors say he killed both the victims after a drug deal went bad, then fled to Ethiopia. It took years through a lot of processes to get him back to stand trial for the killing of two individuals. Nesibu will be sentenced in June. Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. Good Friday morning, March 3rd. Welcome to WTOP. Time now is 108. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $59. Michael and Son. Our big mother on the 8th. Good morning to Ian Crawford. Hello there, Dino. We start again in the district with crash activity northbound on DC 295. Haven't had an update from the scene in about 15 minutes, but at last report, we were squeezing to the right to get by. But with fire apparatus on scene, they may have brought things to a stop, at least temporarily, following police direction DC 295 northbound before Pennsylvania Avenue. After that, you are golden southbounders not affected. The southeast-southwest freeway uneventful. On the Maryland side, the crash northbound on the BW Parkway right after our work zone after one night. So heading toward 198, the crash, however, now moved over to the right shoulder. And then we had additional crash activity northbound on the parkway after Arundel Mills Boulevard. That was one to the right to get by. Now talking about a new crash, at least reporting one, 100 eastbound, also near Arundel Mills Boulevard, with caution for what may be in the roadway after exit 10. On the on the Bay Bridge, still doing the two-way samba on the eastbound span. Capitol Beltway in Virginia. Outer loop work after the George Washington Memorial Parkway. Two left lanes getting by. Inner loop work before I-66 as you down to a single right lane. On 95, it's still unhappy southbound across the Occoquan River Bridge through Woodbridge. The work before the Prince William Parkway is single left to get by. And on 66, all the fun is westbound tonight. On the inside the Beltway near the Roslyn Tunnel, single right getting by. Outside the Beltway after 123 and again after 29 Centerville, it's one to the left to get by the work. And I believe our crash before Sudley Road is now done. After Sudley Road, watch to get over to the left again to get past ongoing work. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. Storm Team 4 and weather alert tracking the rain making its way our way. It'll be a cold, rainy windy Friday for sure. That wind really picking up in the afternoon. That rain continuing off and on all day. The heaviest actually coming in on our Friday night, so watch out for that. The weekend looking better, both Saturday and Sunday. Sunshine, highs in the 50s. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer. We're at 42 now in our nation's capital. This check brought to you on WTOP by Longfence. Say 15% on Longfence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Good morning. Welcome in. 110 on WTOP. Money news at 10 and 40 past the hour on WTOP. Here's Jeff. Macy's expects sales to fall this year. Two D.C. area Macy's in Boston and Lake Forest Mall are closing soon. The National Association of Realtors says home sales could rise as much as 18% next year. 
Capitol Hill Sports Bar Capitol Lounge, permanently closed by the pandemic, will reopen for one day as a pop-up inside former rival Union Pub. The Dow finished the session up 342 points. That was 1%. Jeff Claybaugh, WTOP News. WTOP at 111. D.C.'s long-troubled housing authority taking a new tack. The director testifying to a council committee. She plans to reopen the wait list for public housing for the first time in nearly a decade. There are 22,000 people on that wait list who selected public housing. And before changing the policy to reopen the list and allow new applicants to select their preference for where they want to live, Housing Authority Director Brenda Donald says her team has to reach out to all 22,000. In date order of when the people first signed up, which has been 25 years ago. In earlier testimony to the Committee on Housing, resident Ronald Smith said he's been on the public housing wait list since 2006. I'm 76 years old. When is my name going to come up after I'm dead? Donald says her team plans to reopen the list next month with access to 500 newly renovated apartments. Megan Cloherty, WTOP News. WTOP at 112. This is WTOP News. A man is dead after being stabbed inside the Petworth Library on Kansas Avenue locally in northwest D.C. last night. Assistant Chief Sean Benedict describes the incident. He was actually seated uh, at a computer when the aggressor comes in right behind him and proceeds to kind of slowly approach him, take out a knife, and proceed to attack him. Some bystanders helped stop the attack, but the victim died in the library. D.C. police say this morning a suspect is in custody this hour and that the incident was a deliberate attack, they think. Both men were unhoused and knew each other. Police say there is no threat to the public tonight. The outdoor facilities around Silver Springs and Northwood High School will be closed until further notice. This after the area was targeted by a hate group with flyers that contained anti-Semitic language and hate speech as well. The Washington Post reports on this that the high school's administration calls this an outside hate group. The flyers were posted apparently at the same locations on Athletic Field four times. A letter from the principal sent to the school community recently does not name the group, and we don't know what the flyers actually say. The closure starts this weekend on Saturday. Residents in East Palestine, Ohio, finally got their chance this week to confront representatives from the Norfolk Southern Rail Company during a town hall, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. Meantime, is ordering the rail company to expand its testing to include chemicals that stay in the environment longer. This morning, CBS News correspondent Lana Zak, who was at the meeting, explains for us what residents say they have been going through. They have health problems, and they've talked to me about dizziness, nausea, rashes, um, and that they can even taste in many cases. I heard this repeatedly from people that I spoke with. They could taste the chemicals in the air. One of them said it's almost like if, if you could taste a battery, that's what it felt like, and your tongue gets a little bit tingly. In the meantime, Norfolk Southern CEO will testify before a Senate hearing next week on Thursday. The death toll from Wednesday's Wednesday's awful head-on collision between two trains in Greece has risen to 57. 48 people and all injured in the crash remain in the hospital this morning, including six in intensive care. Emergency crews continue slowly cutting through the mangled remains of a passenger train in their search for victims. In the meantime, rail workers went on strike to protest years of underfunding that they say has left the country's train system in a dangerous state. Human error is blamed for this crash. And a station master from the city has now been charged officially with manslaughter in the case.
A Pennsylvania man will remain behind bars after the TSA found explosive fluids in his suitcase this week. 40-year-old Mark Muffley of Lensford checked a suitcase with explosive materials, fuses, and a lighter in his suitcase for a flight to Florida. He's accused of running out of the airport when he heard his name paged. His lawyer says the construction worker only wanted to set off fireworks on a Florida beach. But the judge in the case says he knew items were prohibited on the flight. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. Morning traffic is at its worst. Jack Taylor is at his best. Join John and Michelle and Jack on Traffic. WTOP News. It's one fifteen. Good morning. Welcome in. I'm Dean Lane. Glad you're with us here at WTOP. This is WTOP News. Several library books that are being challenged around the country are being reviewed in Frederick County locally. The Frederick News Post says 35 challenged books, many which are romance novels written for young adults, are being reviewed by a 59-person committee. Now, the committee includes educators, parents, students, and community members, we're told. Most of the books were in high school libraries with three found in middle schools. The review process began after former Board of Education candidate Cindy Rose filed the first formal complaint with the school district alleging several titles contained what she thought was inappropriate material. Metro is reporting a post-pandemic COVID ridership record this week. 318,000 hopped on the Metro trains to get around the DMV this week. That's 5,500 more in one day than the previous post-pandemic high for COVID back in October. While up, the ridership numbers are still said to be way down from pre-COVID pandemic daily highs, which were at about 600,000 riders. The technology continues to improve, but a new study shows that you may be growing more fearful of those self-driving cars these days. While there is still a very high level of interest in partially automated vehicle technology, attitudes toward fully self-driving vehicles have become increasingly apprehensive. Regina Ali with AAA Mid-Atlantic says the auto industry isn't doing a good job of letting drivers know what's available in cars today. Nearly 1 in 10 drivers believe that they can buy a vehicle that can drive itself while they are asleep. None of those are on the market. But she says 6 in 10 drivers say they'd want current autonomous safety tech in their next car. Blind spot warning, adaptive cruise control, as well as automatic emergency braking systems. Neil Orgenstein, WTLP News. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTLP.com. It's Friday, March 3rd. Welcome in. 118 on WTLP now. Traffic and weather on the 8th. And when it breaks, good morning to Ian Crawford with us at the WTLP Traffic Center. Hello there, Dino. DC 295 Northbound is where we start. The crash was before Pennsylvania Avenue. Last report of right lane getting by, but no update on this one. Now in close to half an hour. Tell us what you're seeing there or anywhere at 866-304-WTOP. Or you can send us a message through the WTOP app, but that's more your speed. The earlier downed wires, pole, and dark traffic lights we had on Michigan Avenue Northeast between North Cap and Franklin Street Northeast, that has all been cleared now.
I just got the word from uh, D.C. authorities that one has been reopened. On the Maryland side, BW Parkway has been exceedingly busy and unnecessarily so. We already had the work zone northbound after 197. Then we had some crash activity just outside the work zone. That's now shouldered right, if anything is there left of it. But then we had other crash activity of a more serious nature northbound after Arundel Mills Boulevard before you get to Route 100. It was a right lane getting by at last report. Additionally, and not too far away on 100 eastbound near Arundel Mills Boulevard, we had a reported crash. 50 across the Bay Bridge, two-way traffic on the eastbound span to Virginia. 95 southbound, still ugly, getting across the Occoquan River Bridge and through Woodbridge. The work zone near the Prince William Parkway, a left lane is getting by. And after that, you are good. But after that, you deserve a break. On the northbound side, no serious issues. On 66, the two work zones to watch for outside the Beltway after 123 and after 29 Centerville with a left lane getting by in each case. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. We've got rain on the radar, Storm Team 4 and weather alert as the rain is moving in with the cold as well. So not only will you need the umbrellas, you'll need the coats too. As we make our way through the afternoon, we'll see a little bit of a reprieve from the rain, just some showers during the afternoon, but then heavier rain moving in on our Friday night. So if you're heading out Friday night, make sure you bundle up and keep that umbrella handy. Saturday, much better. High temperatures in the mid-50s, but still rather windy. On Sunday, we'll see high temperatures in the mid to upper 50s. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer. Right now, we're at 49 degrees at Tyson's Corner and DuPont Circle, 44 Germantown, 41 in Annandale, and let me click here, see if anything's changed. We're down to 43 now in our nation's capital. This check this Friday morning brought to you this hour by Lynn the Plumber, trusted same-day service seven days a week. Check them out. Lynn the Plumber, WTOP at 120. You're listening to WTOP News. Good morning. Glad you're in with us here at WTOP. It is now possible for former President Donald Trump to be sued by injured Capitol Police officers and lawmakers over the January 6th Capitol attack. That's what the Justice Department told the federal appeals court this week. The former president has been saying that he has a sweeping claim of immunity from civil suits filed against him in connection to the Capitol riot, a sentiment the DOJ urges the federal appeals court to reject. Politico senior legal affairs reporter Josh Gerstein with our Dimitri Sotis this morning. Well, Dimitri, this is something we've been waiting on for a couple months from the Justice Department. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals had arguments back in December on, I think it was probably two or three lawsuits, but there are a, a total of about a half a dozen lawsuits filed by either lawmakers who are on the Hill on January 6th or police who say they were injured in some way uh, during the melee that occurred uh, during the Capitol riot that day. They blame a number of different figures for what happened, uh, including some of the demonstrators and rioters, but also the suits name former President Trump as someone who instigated this. And the D.C. Circuit is wrestling with this question of how much immunity uh, is Trump entitled to as president. His lawyers, his private lawyers, we should say, have argued that it's absolute, complete immunity that the president of the United States cannot be sued for anything that he did in a speech or something like that uh, while he was president. And the Justice Department came in today with a more nuanced answer, uh, saying that under some circumstances, a president could be sued for inciting a riot or something along those lines. But they also had some concerns that that position not be taken too far. So you've discussed the nuance, the fact that this is not 100 percent one way or the other. What could that mean in terms of the lawsuits going forward? Well, I mean, there's also the possibility that he is uh, immune uh, from lawsuits related to 
any act that he took in his official capacity, including any speech that he was giving as president. And uh, the Justice Department's opinion and brief starts to get murky here on the question of, uh, you know, when a president speaks, is he speaking? Is it a political speech or is it an official speech? And there's usually some technical designation on that for budget purposes. Uh, Trump often kind of elided uh, those distinctions in the way he uh, spoke at rallies and so forth. And the Justice Department goes out of its way to say they don't think that's a good way to approach the situation to try to figure out whether a president is uh, speaking politically or speaking officially, because there is often overlap between the two things. So there's no clear answer on that point. And remember, Dimitri, this is just the Justice Department's opinion. The D.C. Circuit, the three judges who are considering this are free to disregard uh, what the Justice Department had to say. But they did ask the Justice Department to weigh in, even though they're not technically a party to this case. That's political senior legal affairs reporter Josh Gerstein speaking with our Dimitri Sotis. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. With just one touch, you can listen live to WTOP on Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. Download the WTOP app and choose it in your car's display so you never miss the stories you want to know, the news you need to know, or the traffic you want to avoid. WTOP News. Everything you need, every time you listen on Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. Brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union, where members are the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org. Insured by NCUA. It's gonna be a Hire your local Serta Pro painters. You get the power of doing it right. Detailed project proposals, excellent customer service, and trusted professionals who get the job done on time and on budget. The power of experience. We're kings of the scaffolding and pros with the stucco. We've been there, done that. Get your project started at SertaPro.com and get the power of pro. Each Serta Pro painter's business is independently owned and operated. WTOP at 125. That's not where we're going. We used to do that. Now it's time for this. Sports at 25 and 55. Powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Now it's Rob's turn this morning. The Wizards beat the Raptors 119-108 in the first of consecutive games between these two playoff contenders at Capital One Arena. Kyle Kuzma set the pace, scoring the game's first 10 points on his way to a game-high 30, telling NBC Sports Washington. This is probably the biggest game of the year. We just followed our game plan to a T. We knew what they wanted to do offensively. We had a great, great uh, game plan. We stuck to it. Everybody was in their strengths, helping each other on the string, and it really propelled us to get this victory. So did the return of Kristaps Porzingis from a two-game absence to score 25 points and help the Wiz get their first home win over the Raptors in five years. In the Patriot League tournament, American erased an early 11-point deficit in Annapolis. They stunned Navy 52-51 and advanced to the semifinals Sunday. Senior day at Howard went very well. The Bison cruised to an 87-67 victory over Norfolk State to win the MEAC regular season title for the first time since 1987. And the Howard women never tried. Trailed the Spartans in 
a 60-55 victory to cap a winning season and a 10-4 conference mark. Longtime NFL referee Jerome Boger is retiring after 19 seasons as an official. Among his career highlights, he refereed Super Bowl 47. That Ravens win over the 49ers interrupted by a Superdome power outage, and he led the NFL's first all-black officiating crew in 2020. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. If you spend more time with your foot on the brake pedal than on the gas pedal, maybe you need to spend more time with us. The WTOP traffic team tells you where the problems are. There's a three-car crash on the Beltway. Traffic.